Hey, Hound Dogs, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. I'm Trevor Hankins. I'm Rachel Wells. And I'm Julia Cannon. You're on the air with Power Squared. It's time for the Comic Book Club. Right? Wait, yes. that's what we're doing? Uh, Number four. Oh, you always act like you're surprised. Number four. <laughs> and we have... No, Ra- wait, seriously. Rachel, if you want to do the introduction. <laughs> Rachel, because <laughs> you're talking through it. Um, anyway, Rachel is back with us. And Julia is here Hi, everybody. for the time being. Uh, <laughs> for now. Yeah, until we cut off her camera. Um, anyway, we'll see. Yeah. So we're here not to talk so much about this, but about... Th- this, which is Lock and Key, hey. Volume One. Yes, Volume One. Welcome to Lovecraft. Right. So, and who suggested we read this? I did. And do you want to tell us why? Yeah, because uh, I'd heard about Lock and Key before, and uh, at some point uh, for a class, I had to read something by Joe Hill. Uh, who is Stephen King's son? And uh, oh, I, I didn't, I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't uh, look the guy up. How did I did not know that. Uh, That's what anyway. you learn in the book club. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I liked it enough that I liked a short story I had to read enough that I got interested in like, okay, what else did he do? And then he, I put made the actually made the connection that he wrote Lock and Key, so I decided to pick it up and. Uh, uh, when I read the first volume, I uh, could not put it down, and so that just led me to, uh, I just became okay. like a big fan of it. I was and, the same uh, way. I stayed up way too late reading this one night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I might have shown this before, but uh, for this one, I actually got it signed by uh, Jehel and oh, Gabriel nice. Rodriguez. Nice. And uh, I think Bad. I got... I also got uh, some other volumes uh, signed as well. That's awesome. Uh, so, you want to say what kind of a little bit what happens in the story? Uh, okay, yeah, somebody's okay. watching this going, "Hey, I might, might want to read that." Okay, so. Lock and Key is about a family who moves to Lovecraft, and uh, they the house the house that they stay in uh, has it has these mysterious keys that have a variety of functions. Uh, for example, in uh, Volume One, it shows off the ghost key, uh, which if you go through a certain door, uh, you're spirit leaves your body mm-hmm. that's pretty weird <laughs> uh and then uh later volumes have uh some uh interesting as keys with uh increasingly uh uh with increasingly interesting functionality okay. and uh and i was looking at the wikipedia for this book because i like to read about books after i read them and they had a list of all of the keys, like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it was just overwhelming. <laughs> uh, and so there's a... The book is filled with like a lot of uh, intrigue. There's a murder at the beginning. Murder, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the 
as you can say, the dad. I've, I am forgetting names, even though I really like this. Hey, join the club. Yeah. Uh, I forgot your name, so it's okay. <laughs> Where are you guys? I, uh, <laughs> anyway, the, dad, the dad gets murdered at the beginning, so part of the uh, mystery is like, why? And then at the end of the first volume, it's like, who is this person that has been, uh, like, what's mm -hmm. the, someone has orchestrated, kind of orchestrated it, and then mm -hmm. what is their goal? Right. Like, who is this menace to society? Yeah, so, and part of the, a big mystery is like, where did the keys come from? Right. Yeah. So, okay. uh, one reason I, uh, one reason I really like the comic is how it plays with the medium. Uh, like it takes advantage of the fact that it is a comic, so it does interesting things. Like it holds a shot, and then it's, uh as the panels go it's like small variations to show continuous action right yeah uh, I that. Yeah. yeah like in a later in a later volume uh there's actually an issue where uh an issue takes place over like a year and each panel has a different day So is this, uh, I assume this is a still ongoing series? Uh, well, the fir the uh, main story arc lasted uh, these six volumes, or uh, 36 issues. Uh -huh. uh, and then they have been uh, planning a second uh, set of 36 issues. Hmm. You've read Holy all six cow. ones? What? You've read all six? Yeah. All right. And the, <laughs> uh, and the uh, Golden Age arc. Okay. Yeah, the thing is, like, for for all, for all these book club books we've read, I've always wanted to continue them. Then I saw that Lock and Key had like thirty-seven more volumes, and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll read more eventually. Well, I'll a, get my wallet. Very... <laughs> this is a really intriguing book. Like, it's it's not what I would usually read. I'm not sure I would have picked this up if it weren't for the book club. But I'm I'm glad I did. Like, it's it's dark and moody and super intriguing and it makes really good use of the like page turner mm -hmm. which for those who don't know it's a concept in comics where it um the very last panel of a page is leading into a suspenseful moment so it kind of in, like implores you to turn the page like it, it's what keeps you reading and it, it takes really good advantage of that and i just i, I really i really enjoyed this yeah yeah, it's like the same concept with me. Like when we were talking about like Black Sad a while back, it's it's like it's like a good like I guess like cleaning of the brain. Like when you're used to like a certain color palette or something. Because like with me personally, I'm not really used to reading like pretty like I guess the, the appropriate word is morbid. Because that's the only word I can think of. Yeah. So it was funny because like you, like usually I'll read during my break every now and then. So when I was reading this, I was just like. I had a hunch that someone was going to give off this genre for book club, but I wasn't expecting to read this. Book. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, huh? Wait a second. What happened? How come people were dying? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, the first issues in this book came out. I think it said 2008, and it shows. <laughs> like, if you look at the subtitle, let me get this in camera. Like the alternating caps, 
is like made me feel like I'm in 2005 again. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But I'm not gonna hold that against it. You know, um, it's like it's just it is it's still ages well. Yeah, it, yeah. I let that. I think thing it, I think go it by, suits but... the the overall moody feel mm -hmm. of the series. Uh, also, admit when I first read the comic, it took me like uh, a handful of pages to get used to uh, Gabriel Rodriguez's art Rodriguez's art style. Uh, yeah. But uh, after that, I thought it fit really well, and uh, based on how he, again, he's really good at using the page, uh, so he shows that he's also really good at visual storytelling. Yeah, I feel the same way about getting used to the art style. You know what, now that I look at it, I think it's the big eyes. Yeah. Like in Western, in Western comics, you don't often see big eyes like that. Yeah. But, yeah. um... I think it works really well here because like you can the pages are just so full of emotion and you, you kind of really need that in a story that's just like you know full of lots of emotions <laughs> yeah yeah i personally like the backgrounds like they did that they did throughout because it was like a combination of like rendering shadowing shadowing but also they also used the liner as part of their shadowing and that's like something i usually like whenever i see people do their rendering it's like it's really nice. Yes, it looks good. So, Trevor, do you have any opinions on this? I'd probably just be repeating what other people said. Okay. Well, like when I first read it, I also like could not put it down. <laughs> Is there something in particular you liked about it? Again, I'd probably just be repeating okay. what everyone else said. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a very short. Uh, <laughs> One thing uh, I noted I, was like, um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I, I thought, I, I also had, I also, can't talk, uh, keep going. Okay. Uh, one thing I, we believe in you. Also, with the collected volumes, I, uh, also liked reading the forewords, and, uh, like, the first one was from Robert Cray. Hmm. Who we met. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, for us don't know who Robert Cray is. He's a mystery writer. He actually wrote a lot for television in, the, I guess, the 70s and 80s, right? Yeah. And uh, then he got into novel writing and writes uh, sort of mystery stories, I believe. Yeah. And uh, we met him at uh, a novel writing seminar for the Writer's Digest, Writer's Digest uh, yeah, in, in Pasadena yeah. couple, several years ago. And he was there, you know, signing his which I bought and had him sign but I have not read it to say but yeah he was, he's a very well known writer yeah oh, that's awesome I really enjoy when like you know um, novel or like fiction writers um, foray into comics um, just speaking as a comic artist because um, you know comic comics are often considered like a inferior medium like it's not considered as like high level for as like you know, regular it's like candy reading. Yeah, it's considered like something for kids. Like you still yeah. read comics, but um, people like Joe Hill or like Neil Gaiman or something help when they come into comics. They kind of help legitimize it. It's like it's real art, you guys. Yeah. And actually, uh, in uh, the uh, Golden Age uh, side stories, uh, one there's one that's a crossover with uh, Sandman. And uh, in that volume, uh, Joe Hill actually said that Sandman was a big influence on Lock and Key. Oh, 
Oh, that's awesome. Because uh, Sandman uh, showed him, like, the real power of the comics medium. Okay. And what you can do with it. I love that. Alright. We stand that. (laughs) Uh, One thing I find interesting about, like, the collections is that, uh, like, uh, like, the the inside covers uh, show like a cross section of different parts of Key House. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And uh, the art galleries in the back are also interesting to look at, as well as and and uh, at least one of the volumes uh, they show the process from like outline to script to the artwork and the I love page. that stuff. Yeah. I live for it. <laughs> Yeah. I was gonna uh, say, speaking of the art, like I was just before we like this is the very first image you see in the comic, and um, I was just looking at all of these um, what do you call them, little little columns in the fencing here, and I, I'm just thinking like he drew all of those by hand. It's like I'm not good at anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. What in the name of repetition is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like I like how some of the art I like how the artwork can have like a lot of intricate detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's cra- it's it's just crazy to look at. Yeah, so then it also grounds the setting in reality. So then there's these fantastical elements that are. So when these fantastical elements occur, it's like what? Yeah, it's more <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, yeah. and it helps you really to appreciate because this house is supposed to be like aged and have a sort of like vintage like Victorian beauty to it and having all those little details in there even though his, his hand's probably broken forever uh, it really helps you appreciate that it's like an old Victorian house you know it, it helps helps give it a, a ghastly and beautiful feel yeah now would you name a house Lovecraft well <laughs> isn't Lovecraft the location well I mean just, it, just, well, <laughs> it just seems like a you know I don't know yeah. Well, I, uh, I understand why it's named that. I just thought yeah. it was kind of like, oh. I was going to say, uh, I'm aware that uh, Lock and Key got a Netflix adaptation. Uh, I haven't seen it because I don't have a Netflix. Have Netflix. Uh, I would be curious to see it at some point. Um, there were changes that were made. I'm aware that there were changes made to characters and the setting, but including like changing the name from Lovecraft to <laughs> the name of another horror writer. Uh, oh yeah, and, it's probably copyrighted. And uh, from my understanding, uh, Joe Hill was actually uh, the one who approved a lot of the changes. Oh, that's cool. I'm sure that was in his contract. <laughs> apparently, apparently, the show just ended last year, like in August, I believe. So I, I didn't realize it was going on for so long. I, I heard about the show so long ago. It's like, wow, it's still going. <laughs> Oh, and uh, at Comic-Con, like last time we went, they had a spinning diorama of Key House. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's I want to say it was like a Key House as seen in the Netflix series. Yeah. I would like to see that. Like the price of admission. Is there any other thoughts about the first volume? It does make uh, you kind of want to read the second, I guess. I haven't thought of, you know, 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you want to find out, like, without spoiling too much, you want to find out what happens to the one person at the very There's... end who yeah. um, met their untimely fate. Mm. Yeah. You know? I will say, like, one of my favorite moments in the comic is, <laughs> like with Paul, I'm really bad with names, the older brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that Hi. moment he's, like, he's trying to get his shit together when, like, his his little bros is trying to like ask him a knock knock joke or whatever he's just like you know what no i have to get my craft together i need to be like the big brother like this kid needs the one that knows knock knock jokes i'm like oh <laughs> <we are." laughs> i'm just like out of everything there i'm just like okay i love all this the kids. One that got i love yeah i feel like kinsey's my favorite just because she's the girl but um <laughs> i want i mean this is a pipe dream but like that girl she made friends with in her track team, I want them to be in love. That's all I want in life, really. But even if they don't, like I just want Kinsey to be happy, really. No, yeah. you and I are on the same page there. <laughs> I'm like, no, these guys, they need like I'm sorry, like I am an ally they need to date. <laughs> Truly. They got that They're chemistry. Gods. They're comic gods. Well, I'm not I'm not gonna say anything one way or the other. <laughs> but you you know the answer, oh. <laughs> He's keeping Wait secrets. a minute. Well, I of course know the answer. I'm not going to say anything. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I have uh, to buy all the volumes. Yeah. And uh, he's pretty broke. Actually, uh, uh, if you want to, we're going to show off. We have the rest of the series. Ooh. Hey, yo. Yeah. We already got him, but, you know, hey. Yeah. I, I've already read the whole thing. Right. I've read, I read, I've, sorry, I've read the whole thing through the uh, hardcovers. I would ask you, but I know for a fact I'm going to keep it for six months and I will feel very bad. (laughs) (laughs) Do I start showing them off? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Uh, This is great for the audio portion of the podcast. (laughs) Volume volume two is Ed Games. Ooh. Uh, Volume three is... uh, Crown of Shadows. Oh, I like that color palette. And, uh, four is, uh, Keys to the Kingdom. Chili. Yeah. Uh, five is Clockworks. Uh, and six is Alpha and Omega. Okay. Oh. And, uh, How many do you have there with you? <laughs> hold on. Uh, all of them. <laughs> uh, so How many do you have? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's. Uh, he has five, and we have one out here. So there's six, right? Yeah, and then there's uh, the uh, other content that was made right. for it. Which he, yeah. we also have, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, there's a there's one, sh- one shot called Small World. Oh, yeah. God. Where does this thing go? <laughs> uh, a, but wait, no. there's more. There, everywhere they, uh, and everywhere all at once. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, golden, the Golden Age side content involves uh, the uh, previous uh, members of the Locked family. Oh, it's like it a flashback. Yeah, it takes place in the past. <laughs> yeah, it's like before Ooh. before everything went down. Yeah, pretty much. There's uh, a 
collection called uh, Heaven and Earth. Ooh. And then, uh, and this is uh, the Golden Age. Ooh. Wow. Which uh, collects all the uh, Golden Age content, including the Sandman crossover. Okay. This. If you read that, it is actually, if you read the Golden Age stuff, it is actually worth reading every single one before the Sandman crossover because the Sandman crossover actually takes all that stuff into account. Okay. Good to know. Golden Age also includes this stuff. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so confusing. But wait, there's Uh, still more right now. Joe Hill's here, by the way. No. <laughs> there's also, lastly, there's a couple one shots, which we Still haven't gotten that. around to reading yet because we kind of forgot about them. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, talking. <laughs> the Nailed It. Which I have signed by Gabriel Rodriguez, I believe. Nailed yeah. it. And Dog Days. Hey, Aww. I see Doggo. <laughs> dog. And uh, nailed it. Was reprinted in Dog Days, from my understanding. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's all of the uh, lock and key stuff released so far. Okay. <laughs> Again, they are working on another uh, set of thirty-six issues. The story arc. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We got the content to kill the time till then. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to be reading something else for the next book club. Uh, yeah. Very quick correction. Uh, Golden Age. Golden Age has some of the stuff that's in these, but not all of it. Okay. So get all of them regardless. Right. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> Including all the copies. Like, is going to pry. So back to my little segue. What we're reading next time is what, Rachel? Our next book is Vinland Saga, Volume hey. 1, by Makoto Yukimura. Um, from the back, as a child, Thorfinn sat at the feet of the great Leif Erikson. <laughs> Leif Erikson's in this manga, you guys. And thrilled to wild tales of a land far to the west. But his youthful fantasies were shattered by a mercenary raid. Raised by the Vikings who murdered his family, Thorfinn became a terrifying warrior, forever seeking to kill the band's leader, Ashkelad, and avenge his father. Sustaining Thorfinn through his ordeal are his pride in his family and his dreams of a fertile westward land, a land without war or slavery, the land Leif called Vinland. So as I was telling everyone before the show, this is set in the Viking Age in, like, Denmark or something. Um, at the time when the Vikings the Norwegian had... Um, I think I think it's Denmark. Okay. Or, yeah, it's the Danes because they were invading England at the time. Okay. Like, 1300s. And this is around the time that they had found America. They had set up camp in Canada or whatever. I, th- I want to say, like, the Vikings, like, they tried selling there with the Native Americans kicked them out, but they still spoke of, like, a a magical golden land called Vinland, which apparently means like apparently Vin is like the word for like vine or grape or something. That's why they called it Vinland. And um, it's a super fascinating story. I've read, I've, I've watched the anime. I haven't watched the manga. 
I haven't read the manga yet. I've had this book forever. Haven't been able to read it yet. And I figured now is a great time because season two of the anime is just now airing after like three years. And it's super hype. Um, The anime is excellent. And everyone says the manga is even better. So why not? Okay. (laughs) Yep. Sounds good. So that'll be our next one. We'll pick a date. I guess not next week, <laughs> but sometime in the future <laughs> to do this, because um, we're all going to need some time probably to read it. Yeah, it looks really thick. It's super thick, but it's it's full of goodness, <laughs> full of secrets. That thickness makes me think it was originally like a monthly series, or was it a weekly? I want to say at this point, I, I, I want to say at one point it was weekly, but then it dropped down in what do you call it? Um, the mangaka couldn't come out with chapters quite as quickly, so I want to say it's monthly at this point. It comes out pretty slow, but no one seems to mind because they love it. Yeah, there. So I know uh, Hirohiko Araki. Like most of JoJo was released weekly, but then he couldn't keep up with the weekly schedule, so then it went to Ultra Jump, which is monthly. Yeah, I, I mangakas, I can't. You know, <laughs> I can't fathom it. To be they honest. are like, like a different breed. <laughs> Yeah, 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 like coming out with like a twenty-page chapter that's like mm-hmm. beautiful and amazing and tight, like every week. It's I, I, I just can't. You don't have a life outside of that. Probably. You really don't. No. And also, you know, you have assistance, but yeah. like, yeah, I don't know if oh, I think we talked about it on the show before. The um, let's talk about it again. There was a there was a thing that came out like a table full of various mangaka's daily schedules, like including um. <laughs> Oda, Oda Sensei, yeah. and others, and they get like maybe like half an hour for like all their meals, and then like they sleep for like two hours, and the rest of the time is like meetings and working. The guy from uh, Bleach, Taikubo. Yeah, he. We saw him at Comic Con. Um, oh, rad. Well, we've seen everybody. No. <laughs> You've seen it all. Yeah, it, he sat and talked to us personally. No. Um, but he was, he was talking about his schedule, and he has to, I think, meets with his editor every week, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, it just seems like there's no time to to uh, have any sort of enjoy what you're doing. I think the fact that he was in America was a big deal, yeah. right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. having that much time yeah. away was... Uh, I, I was going to say, at least... Uh, assist with uh mangaka have a lot of can have a lot of assistance is gonna say at least uh mangaka try to credit their assistance yeah yeah that's true that's an interesting thing about um western comics versus japanese comics is that um in western comics you don't often i mean the the way which you come out with comics is not nearly as quick but um you don't have assistance to help you typically at least i want to say typically all one or two people yeah you know I want to say if you uh, typically with Western comics, if they do have assistance, they usually go uncredited. It's true. You at most you probably have a flatter. Yeah. Um, but I've only seen that very seldomly. Meanwhile, in Japan, like the rate that you're expected to go at is absolutely like breakneck. You, you but you, to, at least you get yeah. like like at least I, I think the big ones typically have like three or four assistants, if not more, and then you get like an editor. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to have a lot of people working on it. Yeah. Actually, it's pretty interesting that they're bringing it up. There's this YouTuber that I follow. Um, he's, he's called Paolo from Tokyo, if you guys know who that is. And he does, like, 
a lot of like a day in the life of Japanese people because like he lives in Japan. Right. Yeah. And he actually did two videos of like a day in the life of like a mangaka. One was like the the artist for Renter Girlfriend. Oh. And then there's one who's like an upcoming mangaka. And it's like, yeah. I feel like because of like their, that day in the life was like shot sometime like last year or like pretty recent. And it's like, it's pretty interesting seeing the process because one of them, he actually uses his home as an office. And then the other one is like, he's like a student trying to like, well, not really break in. Like he's trying to get like a, I forgot there was like a, a name for the status of like, um, like when you're like, up there, I forgot what the term was though for the life of me. It was like not not Hankai, but like a uh, Hansei. Dang, I can't remember for the life of me. It's actually epic. Epic. It means you're epic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like, like the first word was like, like I'm terrible. <laughs> oh god, I'm getting Japanese class flashbacks. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, like he did like a pretty good um, uh, like um, like in depth uh, in their lives. So like they would say like how in a week they would for the chapter have the script ready and then like the next day they would have the sketches or whatever ready and then the assistants would come in for like maybe two three times a week depending on the artist if they have or don't have assistance and then by the end of the week they have the entire chapter done and then they they meet with the editor or whatever and get see if it gets approved or not yeah and it, it looks like a gross it, it looks like really gruesome and i'm just like oh my goodness yeah if right. anyone is interested in like a more in-depth look at this, there's this manga called Bakuman, which was created by um, the creators of Death Note. Yeah, yeah. Like the same writer-artist duo, and it goes, it goes into that whole culture a lot, just like the, the industry of manga creation. And I think it's pretty true to life, from what I've heard. It's super interesting. Yeah, uh, I think I was gonna say something that I'm kind of forgetting. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, have we wrapped this up? Uh, yeah. So until next time, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. I'm Trevor Hankins. I'm Rachel Wells. And I'm Julia Cannon. And you've been on the air with Power Squared. Hi! Bye! Bye.